Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, and it's always a pleasure to say hello and share time with Vince Ferrara. You can find Vince's views with his blog uh, on 991thesportsanimal.com. There's also Vincenzo's views, which uh, you can find at wherever you go for podcasts. So, Vince, if you would, update folks what uh, they can hear and what you've got coming in the future. Yeah, uh, lots on the website, obviously, recapping Tennessee's win over Vanderbilt. And uh, we'll have uh, we have Rick Barnes' press conference from Monday up in the audio archive section. Plenty of uh, blogs from Jimmy, from Joel, from myself, uh, other staff members contributing. So that blog section is on the, the right-hand side. Of course, we have a new website address you guys may have heard us talk about 991thesportsanimal.com a little easier to remember than before if you have the old one bookmarked it still gets you there in a redirect so no worries there but um just tons of content and obviously we're going to do a lot leading up to all the bowl games with some predictions and some analysis of uh, Tennessee's roster and uh, where uh, where Tennessee obviously might go in a bowl game, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. So it's a there's a ton of content on a daily basis. So make sure uh, you uh, you make it a regular stop to join us. Six five six ninety nine hundred six five six ninety nine hundred star nine ninety is free for AT and T and U S cellular customers. The toll free number one eight six 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 five six 9900, it's interesting, as we always have the television on, there's one question that's being asked to the panel on the show that's on now. Do the Seahawks look like the best team in the NFC? I would agree, and you could argue that the Seahawks are playing as well as any team in the NFC, but when they wear those (laughs) highlighter-influenced uniforms, the answer is no. They do not look like the best team in the NFC. That is atrocious in terms of their colors with the highlighter yellow slash green. Agreed. Even Putrid the, is it, a good word that comes up. Yes, and it's so strongly bad, it offsets great performances by Russell Wilson. That's how bad it is. Uh, he'll lose MVP votes because of their jerseys. <laughs> no wonder nobody wants to tackle him. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> okay. I stepped down off my soapbox. Vince, how are you? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Look like you you had an award-winning plate. <laughs> And the beignets that followed. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'm saying the pictures. I wasn't being facetious at all. Okay. Well, many others have. Yeah. <laughs> I said, where's mine? Uh, so, yeah, the, the I really enjoyed doing some cooking. You know, I cook on a regular basis. Did did learn a couple, two, three things from, uh, from Mama Farrar through the years. Uh, obviously not on her level. However... You know, being on the go, being so busy, you don't always get a chance to really dive in and spend spend hours on meals. And, and so I, I just went to town and, and preparing turkey and ham and homemade mashed potatoes and then those beignets. It takes some time, but I made sure with football on and uh and some time to do it on thanksgiving that was uh that was one of the cool things so still working on leftovers uh for sure but it was fun to do hope you guys had a great thanksgiving also big thumbs up for sure um tennessee finished the drill five straight wins six of their last seven to end the regular season if we had told you we'll say (laughs) mid-september that tennessee hey vince don't be surprised if bam what do you think your confidence level in that happening would have been I would question your phrasing of don't be surprised <laughs> if. <laughs> and then I'd say, 
not happening. You're you're just being a fan. I, I would have had some sort of response like that. Just really incredible. And, and, I, and look, I've heard some people say, well, look at who they beat. They didn't really beat anybody, all these bad teams. And that's exactly what people sound like. You know, I do good impersonations, yes, John. You know that. That's right. Spot on. <laughs> so, but these are teams that Tennessee in the past would have lost to. Just look at the first week of the season. So, the just because they had lesser competition or didn't have the strongest of competition while they won those games, they took care of business, and that was progress from where they were before. They learned how to win. They learned how to finish ball games. And then the Vanderbilt, they showed in the Vanderbilt game, they showed that they can win in different ways. In the Missouri game, it was all about the passing game. In the Vanderbilt game, it was all about the running game. And I think that's a real positive sign that Tennessee has the ability to change what they do and adapt to what the game calls for and figure out a way to win. And that is something that you can I don't think you can just gloss over learning how to win. And this team has come together and they've learned how to win. We'll see if it carries over into the bowl game. This will obviously be Jeremy Pruitt's first time running a program with this extended period of time and the preparation. Some of the greatest coaches ever haven't had their teams ready to go for bowl games. And other guys that haven't gone on to great careers have somehow rallied the coaching careers, have somehow rallied the troops to have really impressive bowl performances. So it's not the be-all, end-all, but it's his first test to see how he handles it and how the kids are dialed in and ready for the bowl game. It's a great opportunity for Tennessee to pick up an eighth win. I think it can obviously help them in recruiting, in in the off-season feeling of the program and excitement. Maybe it leads into more ticket season ticket sales for next year because of the enhanced excitement. So it can really have a real positive effect on on uh, the program overall. So it's a it's a new situation for him, but. Uh, you know, everything that the way we've seen in the last couple of months, it, you would uh, it, you would obviously, I think, give them the benefit of the doubt that you'd have that team ready to go. Let's check in with Bobby. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Bobby. Hello. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. I was uh, watching that uh, Tennessee and Florida State game, and uh, the guy, I don't know, did you know the announcers for the television was one of them a coach? Yes. Um, I think it was Steve Lapis. For C, he does work for okay. CBS. Yeah. yeah. I think they did the yeah. Florida State game. I think, yeah, they did the Friday game. They they didn't do the Saturday yeah. game. Well, I didn't know. Uh, t- I, after listening for a while, I heard at Tennessee, they wasn't the Tennessee Vials anymore. He called them the Tennessee Vials. Yeah. Every I now and then. A-I-O-U. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I watched the. Uh, you can always listen on radio if that offends you. <laughs> yeah, I, if I had it in the living room, I would have. <laughs> I started to, but uh, I was watching uh, like old Mrs. Uh, talk about firing Luke, and he's t- they asked him about that play in the in the egg bowl about the guy doing the dog impersonation. Mm-hmm. End zone, and yeah. next that led to it. He said that was some of it that he lost control. Uh, was that is that guy a junior or senior? That Moore, I think, is his name. Uh, 
he is returning. I, he may even be a sophomore. I'd have to double check, but I am certain he's returning. So he's hey, either you know, a sophomore I, or junior. If I was to be the next coach, he'd be way down on the playing list after something that stupid. Well, out, I, I, look, if you want to go there, then go back to Juwan Jennings, mm-hmm. what he did on his Instagram, and then the coaches yeah. gave him another chance. So I, I would, I would doubt that. Look, it was a stupid thing to do, and he apologized for it. And heck, if Ole Miss makes that extra point and then beats Mississippi State, Matt Luke might still be the coach at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, that kind of way that you know the announcer said. I, I mean, the, I think. Director said, "I, you know, so that had they stepped back after the, the egg bowl and made a decision and stuff. So, I, if he'd won that game, he might have still been there. You may have been right on it. Yeah. So, uh, but and then on on the flip side, <clears throat> if Moorhead had lost, he might have been fired at Mississippi State. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're not very happy with him, and or should they be? He inherited a pretty good situation, and he has gone the other direction." Well, uh, Moore, he had a worse situation coming in, didn't he? Matt Luke did. I mean, Luke, yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. That's where the guy With got Probation and scholarship reductions and bowl ban, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he did. Yep. Uh, actually, one question. If uh, Tennessee signed this quarterback out of Georgia, they'll have five quarterbacks next year. You think some of them will be gone? Uh, yes. Uh, percentages suggest somebody's leaving. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think it might be Shroud. You know, he didn't play it much. He might be the one so. that would be um, kind of the outside looking in. Hey, Bobby, we appreciate the call. Vince, you, you take a look, and I, it's probably quarterbacks that are the, uh, the most highly represented position in the transfer portal just for exactly what Bobby and Jimmy were just talking about, and that is writing on the wall, seeing who is perhaps in line for playing time and, and who might not be in that mix. Yeah, I, I think you're always looking at, at quarterbacks. And you have the kid from, from Maryland that, that transferred in you didn't get a Good chance to, to see. So he's he will also be in the mix uh, for next season. By the way, Elijah Moore, sophomore. So, I mean, I all this talk of revoking his scholarship i mean that's that's complete overreaction and, and overstatement wait a minute yeah i know i <laughs> what well, have you ever known yeah fans anywhere in any sport to overreact <laughs> somehow dk metcalf kept his scholarship yes he did and so did uh odell beckham at lsu when he did it amazing and moore's a pretty good player by the way oh yeah you he's, he's good. let him in in receptions right yeah, yeah. yeah. We do appreciate it, Bobby. Let's go next to Tony. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Tony. Hey, how y'all doing, gentlemen? Fine. How are you? Pretty good. I just had a question about some of the championship games that's starting this weekend. Uh-huh. I know one of them starts on Friday. And I, I don't get to see a lot of those games on the West Coast like uh, Utah and uh, Oregon when they play a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know anything about those teams, but uh, I know they both you know, Utah still has an opportunity to make the playoff if uh, one of the SEC schools, well, one of them will lose, and they, they feel. Uh, what do you feel? What, can y'all talk a little bit about Utah and Oregon? Because it seemed to be a pretty intriguing matchup. Yeah, it and is. I'll hang up and just listen to you. All right, Tony, sure to appreciate it. That is the game that takes place Friday. The uh, the Utes 
what's a ute? Uh, the utes are <laughs> the minus six. of America. That's right. Um, youths. Uh, no, it's uh, Utah is a six-point favorite against the Ducks. Jimmy, I think Oregon was probably looked at as the top team in the mm-hmm. Pac-12 for the better part of the season. Then they kind of suffered a head-scratching defeat to the point that now the Utes are the team with the best opportunity to represent the Pac-12 in the playoff if indeed everything falls their way, but they themselves have a loss to Southern Cal, which uh, could be a blemish on their record. They aren't automatically in, but if they beat Oregon, they'll have a pretty nice argument. They won't have a great argument, but a pretty nice argument. Yeah, and I actually um, I think Utah is going to get into the playoff. I think they will beat Oregon. I think they will get ahead of Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a loss to Kansas State, which is not as good as Southern Cal. Southern mm-hmm. Cal's ranked, right? So here's what I know about Utah. They have uh, one of the best defenses in the country. They have an outstanding running back in Zach Moss, who uh, has gained over 1,000 yards, I think, three years in a row. Their quarterback really got better. His name is Ricky Hundley, and at one point he was completing about 70% of his passes this year. I don't know if he ended up there, but he really came around. Their defense can run. They can get after the quarterback. They're good at stopping the run. They, I, I like their defense a lot. Uh, Justin Herbert did not have a great year this year. He had a good year, and I think he's got to have a great game to give Oregon a chance to win. they got a pretty good running back named Verdell, uh, but that, and, and Oregon's defense has improved over what it's been. But uh, I like Utah. I think Utah beats Oregon. And to think right now, Herm Edwards is the reason that Oregon's not a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beat them, I don't know, 35-34. It's a high-scoring game somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, but, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice win for Arizona State. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-eight okay. was the uh, was the final, but that's the uh, that's the blemish and the uh, the biggest hurdle for them to overcome. So Vince, it could be chaos. You never know, but I, I think where all the uh, the chairs start getting rearranged would be. I think it starts with the SEC, and that would be if Georgia were to find a way to beat LSU, that might open the door for madness. Definitely, and then I, I think. LSU can survive a loss, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I also think Ohio State can too. I mean, they're number one. I I don't see. I know if they lose to Wisconsin, it, it, some people will question them because they didn't have the most daunting of schedules. But Ohio State, the three non-conference teams that they played are all playing for conference championships in Miami, Ohio, in Cincinnati, and in Florida Atlantic. Buckeye apologist Vince <clears throat> Ferrara. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's what I'm known for. Uh, don't at me on Twitter. Um, so, but my point is, is that I think the committee, plus the brand, plus as dominant as they have been, I think they have some cushions should they lose a Big Ten title game. But you're right. Uh, if if Georgia wins, then and if Clemson takes care of business, uh, I think I think Georgia is going to make it a two team college football playoff, and then that, I think that will will make it more difficult for. Other teams that are one, it's gonna it's gonna push out the Pac-12 and the in the Big 12, but it's also gonna make it more difficult for some other conferences and trying to get into the uh, the New Year's Six, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I, I think Jimmy, I I, I kind of disagree. I don't I'm not I don't feel super strongly about it, but I would lean towards Oklahoma, and here's why: Kansas State with their win over Iowa State, they're eight and four, same record as USC. Right. Now, Southern Cal was in the top 25 rankings coming into this week. Kansas State, there's a chance, could move back in there, too. There's going to be a few a, a few places different, probably, but there's a chance both of them will be ranked in this week's 
uh, selection committee rankings. Also, the winner of the Big 12 title game is going to have a quality win, probably over the number six or the number seven team, whereas Oregon was 14 last week. They might move up uh, a few s- slots this week. So you're going to have a little bit better additional win for the winner of the Big 12 title game. And, look, it's it shouldn't matter just the style points in one game, but it always seems to have an influence. What if Oklahoma or Baylor, if they run the other out of the building and then Utah and Oregon play a, a tight 28-27 type of game, I think that's going to influence them. And I also think that brand matters to the human beings in that committee. They're the computers. No, no, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> That's I, right. Where's Jeff Sagrin? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think if it's very close, I think that brand will carry some weight, even if it's in helping some of those committee members spin some numbers and some stats and and some things to make them go in that direction of of believing and validating Oklahoma. I think the human element will push Oklahoma. I'm not saying that I would do that. I would love to see a different team in Utah. And I love Kyle Whittingham, and just the freshness would be cool. However, I think the reality would be if it's very close, I think Oklahoma would get the get the edge. Here's why I go the other way. So not only did Oklahoma lose to Kansas State, now, and by the way, Utah's won like eight in a row. Then Oklahoma beat Iowa State 42-41. to Then they trailed Baylor 28-3. to They rallied to win it. 34-31, and they beat TCU, which isn't any good, 28-24. Mm-hmm. So those games, I think, will play on the committee's mind because Oklahoma wasn't very impressive down the stretch at all. So I I, I think Utah, and Utah was. So I think Utah will get it based on their dominance over some pretty good teams they played uh, and their win streak of eight in a row. So we'll see. You never know. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, ESPN just ran some numbers on the scrawl about – who, if if the favorites win the conference championship games, percentage of making the college football playoff, LSU, Ohio State. It was Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson for, were the first three, and you mm-hmm. all saw ninety nine percent probability. The next was Oklahoma at sixty six percent, Utah twenty eight percent. Ooh, wow. well they're never wrong. That's even, of course, it's the scroll. <laughs> That's the biggest bunch of bull. That percentage thing, <laughs> it really right. is. <laughs> You know, if they'd have said the same for Utah, I'd have said, I don't pay attention to that. That's right. It's no Wikipedia. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. We'll get a break. We've got more with Vince Ferrara to join us, 656-9900, or Twitter, 656-9900. That's how you join us on 99.1, the sports animal. You want peace and quiet? Better look somewhere else. 99.1, the sports animal. Vince Ferrara sitting in for hour number two of Sports Talk with Jimmy Hyams of John Wilkerson. Let's go back to the phones and check in with Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Hey, how are you guys? Fine, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I'm out in Chattanooga, and I listen to you guys every time I come into Knoxville, and, and you guys are doing a great job. I, I've got a question, and, and if you've already discussed it, I apologize. Um, but I don't know. My question would be, if, if Georgia were to beat LSU, 
how could or, or could it happen that LSU could drop to four? Because I think a one-loss LSU is better than than a, a Utah or a uh, or an Oklahoma. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think that's what we were alluding to that, that LSU could still survive a loss and make the playoffs. So I think I think we all feel that way. I feel that Ohio State could as well. I don't know if, if John and Jimmy feel that way too, but I think LSU would absolutely still make it with their full season body of work. Uh, then, then, yeah, I think all they right. would still be in the, in the playoff for sure. It would just mix up the order then in that situation. Well, do you feel that anybody would, would not want to see two SEC teams possibly paying for another national championship? I think plenty of people don't want to see it, but they wouldn't have a choice in that situation. I, I think that's easy to take, uh, to take the conference champion in Georgia and as good a season, as dominant a season as LSU has had. I, I think that's where there's a gap between that at large and then the conference champions in Utah and Oklahoma or Baylor, whichever it is. I think the the debate right now is, well, the debate that we were having before if Alabama had been in that situation is, well, is there really that much of a difference between Alabama and Georgia, excuse me, and Utah and Oklahoma? So the at-large wasn't that much better than the conference champions. In this situation, I think I think the the those dominant as LSU has been and the quality of wins that they've had this year, I think you could say, yes, are, there's a gap between LSU and then other conference champions in Utah and Oklahoma slash Baylor. So I think they would get in. Jimmy, do you agree that LSU would get in with a loss? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, think, I think you're right about Ohio State. I think Ohio State could get in with the loss, too. I don't, I don't think LSU needs any help don't think Ohio State would need any help either. I think they would get in anyway. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. Let's go next to Keith. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Keith. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are y'all? Fine. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Listen, there's uh, obviously at that time of year, there's a million scenarios bouncing around who we might possibly face. Uh, there's two particular ones, uh, two particular scenarios that uh, opponents that I like more than any of them. But I was curious, out of all of what you have heard, is there a particular matchup uh, and or destination that you would rather see us go to and why? Vince? Well, I would say the Outback. I think you'd, for for from a program standpoint, you'd want to get to the highest level bowl, and the Outback would be that bowl. After that would be the Tax Layer Gator Bowl. Uh, I think those are the two most likely scenarios for Tennessee uh, in terms of bowl games. And a lot of it depends more so, more than which bowls would want Tennessee or where Tennessee would want to go. The the factor that mo- is most important in where Tennessee goes is the college football uh, uh, playoff committee rankings because those are the ones that determine who, in large part, who ends up in the New Year's Six Bowls. And if there are 
if if there the more SEC teams there are in the New Year's Six, then the better the bowl for Tennessee. And if there are four in the New Year's Six, that's where I think you see Tennessee in the Outback Bowl because after in that scenario with four, you'd have LSU, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida in New Year's Six bowls, which which is comprised of two college football playoff semifinals and then four other in that New Year's Six Bowls, and they have conference affiliations. And so if you have those four SEC teams in, it leaves Auburn and Tennessee as the two most appealing and and uh, SEC teams for everybody else. The Citrus Bowl gets first uh, choice after that because Auburn has had such a great year and they're so highly ranked. I think it would be easy for the Citrus Bowl to pick Auburn and then Tennessee would be the most desirable of everybody else for the Outback. If there's only three SEC teams in the New Year's Six, then that means either Alabama or Florida would be available for the Citrus. Then that would slide Auburn back to the Outback and then Tennessee to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. If there was only two, then that's what would push Tennessee completely out to the to the Music City, but I think that's highly unlikely as high as Alabama and Florida will be in the college football playoff rankings. So I think that's that's what it comes down to is you got to keep an eye on how many of those SEC teams make it into the New Year's Six. That's what will slot Tennessee more than anything else. All the other stuff I think has already been determined. Everybody would want Tennessee uh is but the other teams above them need to be slotted and then whoever's left Tennessee is going to be the one they uh that uh you know that bowl would jump on and, and I think that's how it would work now who they would play I think that's there's more of an unknown in that because then Jimmy just depends on which bowl game they'd have a different pool of t- uh, pool of teams potentially for the Outback then for the Gator they'd have a couple of other different teams so it just depends on which bowl and which Big Ten team they would see uh, in those bowls. To the question of what I would rather Double see, bowl. I'd rather see Tennessee in the Outback Bowl play Michigan. Yes. Don't know if that's going to happen, but if you ask me what I would like to see, that would be it. If that, that doesn't happen, I'd like well, to see him in the Gator Bowl play in Michigan. <laughs> so that would be my why, why, desire. My, my pick was either Penn State or Minnesota. And, and my, my the one I would pick ultimately, I guess, would, would be Minnesota. I, I followed them some this year, and they fell on some hard times as of late. But I liked that matchup. And I'll hang up and let others get to you, but I'd like to hear in parting, why Michigan? Michigan seems to be just really, they just seem to be just stumbling to the finish line. So why would you go with Michigan as, as opposed to Penn State, Minnesota? I don't think Michigan stumbled to the finish line. They lost to Ohio State. Right. They're playing they, probably their best ball prior to that. Right. They were playing really well down the stretch. And Keith, they they have a good overall record at nine and three. Much like a Tennessee, their fans are going to travel. They have the brand name. Uh, they're they're going to be desirable for those bowls. Now you mentioned Minnesota and Penn State. Uh, Penn State is so is so highly ranked, and they don't have any other games to really slide. There's a good chance that they'll either be in a New Year's Six Bowl or, at the worst, 
they'll be the Big Ten representative in the Citrus Bowl. So that's why I don't think you'll see Penn State slide to a bowl where Tennessee could play them. Michigan, on the other hand, will be behind Penn State, maybe behind a Minnesota, behind a Wisconsin. So that's why they could be in range for the outback. But here's another factor is Bulls don't like to take the same teams within a short period of time. Michigan played in the Outback Bowl two years ago against South Carolina. So Michigan, I think, might end up even sliding back some more to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego because they were most recently in there. Minnesota, I think, is is a, a great possibility for the Outback because they're new and different. I don't know if this applies to others outside the SEC, but the SEC has a bowl agreement that you don't go back within three years. The, the way so the Big Ten has it. They don't do that in the Big Ten? The, the way they have it worded is that in, for some bowls, it's a team. They have to have five different teams within a six-year period, which means one team can go a second time, but not more than that. And then it, for the Tax Slayer and Music City, they have a dual set up to where the Big Ten has to be three years in the Music City, three years in the Tax Slayer Gator within that six-year period, and they can't be a repeat visitor to a bowl. Now, what Mm -hmm. I'm not certain on is where the six-year period starts and ends. It's during the agreement. I I haven't seen what the contract dates are. So if you look at it from now, then that actually would take Iowa out of the equation for – uh, for the uh, for the Gator Bowl because they were five years ago they were there uh, against Tennessee but I don't know where the start and date start and end date of that six year period is. That's Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Sports Talk continues on ninety nine one the Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues. Vince Ferrara sitting in for hour number two of today's program. 656-9900 if you care to join us. 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. cellular customers. The toll-free number 1-866-656-9900. Doug joins us next. Hello, Doug. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Jimmy. Yes. We left the game. Uh, Saturday night when we scored the last touchdown and we're walking down the ramp when the second rain delay came up. And we were listening to you and Fraud when you came on. And I'm almost certain I heard you say that UT called the SEC office and told them a big storm was heading that way and asked them if they could skip the commercials and run it through. And they basically said they were more interested in their advertisers than safety and convenience of the fans. Is that true? I'm not 100% sure if I heard you right. I was told that Tennessee asked ESPN. Is that what you said? Uh Yeah. Oh, I thought you said they called the SEC office. No, it was with ESPN. And they tried to say, hey, we got a storm coming. Can we uh, expunge these commercials? Can we get rid, you know, move this thing through? And I was told that the response was no. So they ended up with uh, additional delay. Yeah, and then they ended up not getting to finish the game anyway, didn't they? Didn't they have well, to switch they, it over? They moved it to an alternate channel, which I'm sure the people that that bought the commercials were real pleased with. <laughs> so, um, and then there was well, one situation I, I, where there was a touchdown timeout, kickoff timeout. It was like it's like it was a pro game. So then it was exactly. And then I thought, and then I did notice this: 
there was a player that went out of bounds with uh, uh-huh. five something minutes and, and and the clock never stopped. <laughs> I thought, okay. thank you. Well, um, well, there was also I think that going from the third to the fourth period, uh, third down we had third down was the last play of the quarter and we didn't make it. So there was a timeout. I think we punted. The quarter ended. And they went back and had another commercial. So in about eight minutes, you saw one play a punt. Yeah, yeah, that that just um, and that was really nice that they would do that for a game delayed by about thirty minutes from the start. Anyhow, so <laughs> I had a, I had a friend of mine that said that they knew the storm was coming. Why didn't they kick it off at noon? I look, I've heard of that for hurricanes. I don't uh-huh. think I've heard about that for impending weather like that that does not involve hurricane. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know uh-huh. that they've moved games up in the Wyoming or Colorado because snow's coming. I, I don't know, but uh, but anyway, yeah, I I, I thought that uh, that was just a long it was a long night uh, for that football game. Oh yeah, I think so too. And I noticed last year the SEC had over six hundred million dollars in revenue, so you think they might could have given up a hundred thousand dollars for the safety of the fans? Yeah, that yeah. It, yeah, I think they've got the inventory for make goods there, Vince. <laughs> they do, but that doesn't mean they're going to use it. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, my pick for a bowl would be go anywhere Michigan plays because I just love that fight song. They got the greatest fight song in college football. See you guys. Sure do appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. Vince, your thoughts on Michigan's fight song? I, I don't really have thoughts on Michigan's fight song. I, I can tell you that. I think if if they if they do if they don't get pushed out of the Outback Bowl, um, they haven't been to the Gator Bowl, so I wonder if that would be a possibility. I think I think they would probably be more likely to go to that San Diego Holiday Bowl. It's a little bit higher in the I think one spot above in the pecking order. They're going to be so desired. Michigan fans would travel out there. Uh, Jim Harbaugh coached it at University of San Diego. Um, so I, I, I think they might not want him back. <laughs> true. Well, no, the, the, he would, he delivered to them. They weren't unhappy with him there. He just went to, left. to Michigan. Yeah. Nah, no. To but, the NFL. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, I, I think, Stanford. I think the outback would be the, the possibility for a Michigan, but I think Minnesota, if they are not in the college football playoff, I think that could be a potential bowl matchup for Tennessee. If they're in Tampa, you know, maybe if it's the Gator Bowl, you're looking at uh, an Iowa, an Indiana potentially, in uh, you know Michigan too. If they work it out to where somebody else that hasn't been to the out, a Holiday Bowl goes out there, but those are the the teams to, to that I would focus on: Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Indiana, and then depending on how far Wisconsin drops out and behind those other Big Ten teams. Maybe if they have, if the Citrus has a, a couple of options, and they were to go with, um, say, a Minnesota, maybe a Wisconsin could fall to the outback. I know Tennessee has matched up with them in bowls before. By the way, John, I don't remember that Michigan fight song being played too much in that Citrus Bowl in two thousand two. Do you? It, it was not. Well, it was pregame. Yeah, which it, it kind of <laughs> kind of tailed off yeah. as it played they out. They were in it at that point. That's right. <laughs> they peaked at the national anthem. Uh, I can say this personally: always had an affinity for it because introductory band music book that I received in elementary school, "Hail to the Victors," was one of the numbers. How about that? Yeah. So 
been humming that tune for quite some time and then realized, oh, <laughs> we'll get a break and be back with the final segment to this hour of Sports Talk. More with Vince Ferrara coming up on 99.1, the sports animal. From the Budweiser studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? This is Sports Radio WNML. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk, a final segment with Vince Ferrara. Vince, uh, Rick Barnes yesterday when we met with the media said that John Fulkerson, uh, he said there's no reason he can't score 12 to 14 points tonight. He's got to want the ball and demand it. Fulkerson averaging 10.9 points. How much more does Tennessee need out of him offensively if it is to play at an optimal level? Probably double digits, you know, 10 and 8, 12 and, and 8, something like that. Uh, clearly, Rick Barnes has confidence in his offensive ability. I mean, after the Chattanooga game, he said that he thought he was the best player in that class. And then we talked to John Fulkerson about that exchange, where after Fulkerson got hurt, he just wanted to blend in and didn't think he was starter caliber. And Rick Barnes was mad that he had that mentality and mm-hmm. didn't want to be a starter. So he's still trying to break Fulkerson out of that. We've seen Fulkerson be more aggressive and more and show more offensive ability but clearly Barnes thinks there is more for him to tap into and this team isn't deep enough yet for them to go without that in his opinion Barnes said the guards need to rebound at a high level because Tennessee doesn't have much length inside he also said that leads to more fast break points Josiah James leads the team in rebounding right I'm not sure that's what you want though is it necessarily no although they do send most guys to the glass which mm-hmm. not everybody does and, and all those guys can jump in and, and can be aggressive and get after the the basketball and he also thinks that's the best way for them to break is when your guards are getting rebounds but no you'd like the bigs to be able to to clean the glass and then quickly outlet even though they don't have big plotting big men even if they're not the ones, even if the big men do rebound, telling me John Fulkerson can't still get down the court quickly or uh, Kumwa or any of those guys, I, I think they all are mobile enough to where, yeah, they can rebound for you and still allow you to get out on the on the break. So I think they do need more out of that front line. One other thing as far as Kumwa, Barnes, I asked him uh, about uh, needing an inside scorer, and here's what Barnes said. Olivier is as talented as anyone on our team. Mm-hmm. He also said that he needs to learn. He, he has not played in tight space. Uh, he needs to get his feet ready. Uh, he said that uh, he expects him to make a big jump, but he needs to play like he practices. Yeah, I, I think you the space thing, you can tell because he always wants to put the ball on the on the court mm-hmm. and dribble it. And he a lot of times he can make a quick post move, and not be in a hurry necessarily, but also not dribble. That's one of the things that Grant Williams, you saw in his development of his game, he always had people sized up and always knew what to do, even with a guy on his hip or on his back, and always had an answer. It's probably going to take some time for the young man, but again, Rick Barnes, for him to say that kind of stuff, he knows he's got that offensive ability. Question is, does that come out? as the year goes on this year, or is that going to be a multi-year thing before we really see that talent as good as anyone, as Barton says? Vince has a quick post move. That would be with blogs <laughs> as well as what all folks can find at 
99.1, the sports animal. Yeah, lots of predictions in the Iron Bowl ruining my run at three consecutive undefeated weeks in SEC picks. Yeah, it was close. Yes. Did you hear what the Auburn Dean did? He wants to give an extra second for all the students to finish their exams. Extra being the key word yes. at the end of the first half. Nice oh. little trolling. <laughs> Absolutely <good>. trolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you've but got it, your podcast. You've got your blog. Yep, and uh, and all kinds of content folks can find every day at ninety nine one thesportsanimal dot com. Absolutely, bookmark it, share it, and uh, we appreciate everyone checking out video section, podcasts, blogs, all of it on a daily basis. So where are you? Where are you and Coach Mahoney going to have dinner on Friday so he can? <laughs> Talk football he's, for the 15th straight week. He's already in panic mode that he's going to be bored this Friday night. So, you know, we'll we'll help coach out. We'll, we'll get something done, talk some ball. Well, you guys had a great season, and uh, what a classic game to finish with. Yeah, it was unreal. And then awesome to have Coach Rosser come up in the, in the booth and talk to us. You just cannot wipe the smile off of his face. And what he has done with that program, four straight years, semifinals are better just uh, everybody loved playing for him, and and that was neat to to go out with that kind of class act. Two great programs uh, to finish out. Vince, we appreciate it, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. That's Vince Ferrara.